What's up? It's Neville Medora here with Friday, March 24th. So wipes, email, swipe, wisdom, interesting picture, essay, and a splurge, or sometimes a sketch. I don't know. I change it back and forth. I can't make up a mind, but you know what? It's my newsletter. I'll do whatever the hell I want and make it interesting for you. So let's get started with a swipe. So this first topic I got here is cough syrup from the 1920s. <laughs> Look at the ingredients of this. This is so crazy. It's got alcohol, cannabis, aka weed, chloroform, and morphine. Wow. That is a uh, fun thing about browsing all these old ads, you know, that I look through to find swipes is that you see this insane ingredients list. And some of these old timey medications were just like, I mean, seeming like very addictive or deadly. I mean, in fact, this was a huge problem back in the day. A lot of people were addicted to these things like chloroform, morphine, et cetera. And so this cough syrup contained all this stuff. And honestly, I bet it worked too well. Like this stuff can probably not only call uh, cure coughs, but like you do surgery with this thing is so strong. Um, here's a piece of wisdom. Remember that people pay money for things that save them time, support a cause, save them money, improve their status, teaches them new info, gets them access to info, satisfies a need or desire, solves a specific problem or improves their earning power. If you sell a product, ask yourself which of these things your product solves. Here's uh, something interesting. Uh, I found a Reddit. It was uh, that some people specialize and some people generalize. And then there's this guy who just does everything he can do uh, for some funny effect. And it's kind of funny. This guy is actually an electrician, but his business car says used cars, land, whiskey, manure, nails, fly swatters, racing forms, bongos, meat bulbs. And then it goes on to say wars fought, revolution started, assassinations plotted, governments run, uprisings quelled. <laughs> it just goes on and on. It's just kind of wild. And I would say this business card falls under the novelty category and entertains the reader enough so they might keep the card. I mean, business cards are not exactly the most, you know, rip roaring read you'll ever see. But then you see something like this and it gives you a chuckle and you think, hey, Dave Miller, that, guy, that guy's pretty funny. I'll just keep this around, show it to people. So this card kind of reminds you of the soap I use called Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap. It's this Castile soap. I use it because it, it just you take a shower and the soap just comes off really quick. Whereas if I use some sort of like Dove body wash or whatever, it takes forever to just rub the damn thing off. But the packaging on Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap has this long and rambling just set of paragraphs on it all over the bottle. There must be a thousand words on this bottle. It's in like size three font or something. You can barely read it. And I like it uh, because the soap is easy to come off and it smells good, but I'm always tickled and entertained by its insane packaging. And it's just kind of like a funny thing. I, I don't know if it's useful or not for selling stuff. The product is good, but also it just stands out because the packaging is so crazy. Um, here's a picture and my friend Noah just posted a book recommendation I gave him called The Male Midlife Crisis by Nancy Mayer. I actually made a YouTube short about this um, a little while ago, but I first read this book when I was 17 in high school and it fundamentally shifted the way I viewed life, relationships, and death. And so it was really cool for me to see from a young age what causes men in particular to blow up their lives in middle age. And I took away many methods of avoiding it. And I don't know that they necessarily talk about avoiding it per se, but they rather just say like, here's hundreds of men who've gone through this and here's why. And you start to pick up patterns and notice things. So the book shows how males can approach a midlife crisis when basically all of these five stressors hit at the same time. One, they look at their children and they realize they are young, meaning the children, and then I am old, meaning the, the, the guy. So they, they always, everyone thinks of themselves as young, uh, young, but then you start, you know, hearing your children who are five years old go, 
daddy's like a thousand years old. And you're like, oh my God, I am old compared to them. And so a lot of times that's the first time it really, really hits someone. Uh, the other thing is uh, parents may be starting to die or fade. And a lot of people will say, oh my God, I'm next. Like this is going to happen to me. And that's a scary thought too. Uh, there's also financial demands from men of a certain age, from children, spouse, just life and parents. And all of a sudden, all of these things in your life are demanding your financial demands. Not only that, but also your time demands from your children, spouse, friends, work, parents. There's just stuff going on. You're responsible for people. Uh, you have to work. You have to earn a living. And at the same time, you have to uh, have a happy children. You have to have a happy spouse, happy friends, uh, happy parents. Like All these people are demanding your time. And a lot of times, people live in different cities, and it just gets really intense for people. And then another reason that kind of emerges a lot in this book, actually, and you know, I, I don't know if I was supposed to take this away, but it, it kind of left an impression on me that some men back in particularly in the 70s, got pressured into marriage way too young and never really got to explore the world outside of their own relationship. And they had this realization at some point that this is it. This is the same kids, the same house, the same wife that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. And that's it. And they had that scary thought. And I'm sure that they love, and a lot of the guys in this book, like they love their wife, they love their kids, but it's like, I think they just got married way too young. And so according to the book, a combination of all these things happening at the same time can make a man snap. And anyways, I would say, check out the book if you're interested in the subject. I think it's a very raw and honest book. Um, it was written in the seventies. So I think, you know, some things in there are pff, a little bit harsher than they probably would be now. And I felt the book was a great just compilation of stories. And this woman, Nancy Mayer, just had a great, great style of writing that I, that I really, really enjoyed. Um, here's a little essay. So sometimes I'm jealous of these people who are like, I was broke as shit two years ago, but now I'm hell rich. I'm going to teach you how. Follow me. And I was always jealous of this because my story is lamer. Like, this is not a good story, but this is my story. I think it's a better story, but it's not interesting. It's... I haven't been broke since I was 17 and have always had several years of savings ready. <laughs> That's been my story. I started businesses in you know high school and college and I always had some savings um, and relative to what I spent, I always had many years of savings stashed away in the bank and invested. So I always, some I would think sometimes I'm broke, but at the same time, like I could legitimately live for years off what I had in savings. So that's not a fun story. People love the, uh, the, the, I was living in a trailer home. Now I'm in a mansion, you know, that kind of thing. However, there is a plot twist. I will say that, you know, there's been grumblings of the economy being weird for a while, but it seems like 2008 is about to repeat itself. And that's a bank fails that notably SVP and then another and another, and then a bunch. So it turns out there might be hundreds of plus insolvent banks. We just don't know yet. And it's just a matter of time. And so there's bank runs happening. There's a lot of skepticism in the market, people pulling out of a lot of the banks. So during what is clearly an obvious recession right now, uh, the climate shifts from get rich quick schemes to preservation of money. I've seen this happen twice in my life where everyone wants to get rich quick, but then when things really go bad, when shit hits the fan, people start saying, uh, I don't want to get rich quick because uh, I don't, I'm, not, I'm skeptical of it. I would like to at least preserve money and still have a job. And so you will start to see the shift to that, I think. And all of a sudden, these get-rich-quick guys that you know were broke two years ago are broke again, <laughs> or you just don't hear from them. And a boring advice guy, kind of like Warren Buffett, who has been consistently rich for 60-plus years, becomes far more trusted. 
during really Bitcoin bull times, you don't hear a lot from someone like Warren Buffett. And all of a sudden, they start bringing in every interview because the banks are all failing to want his advice. And it's kind of interesting to see who people revert back to when shit really goes bad. So the next few years will be really interesting to watch as non-useful products fall by the wayside and useful products rise to prominence. A recession is typically when large companies are made. And it's kind of funny, out of the uh, 2001 bubble and 2008 bubble that I've lived through, the biggest companies in the world have emerged. Amazon, Google, Apple, all those types of things. Uh, Amazon and Google specifically got caught up in the internet bubble and went way up and then way down. Like if you look at their stock charts from back in the day, you were like, these companies are going to go broke. But those were actually useful companies and with useful products and useful services people used all the time. And what do you know? Those are now the, the largest on the planet. And they just rose from the ashes of all the other companies that died around them because they were useful. So it'll be a very interesting few years. And lastly, a sketch. So this is a very common question I get. A lot of people obsess about the subject line of their email. So if you're a person that sends out a lot of emails, what is the subject line? But honestly, this is kind of short-term thinking for me. And from what I've noticed, your sender reputation, meaning like your name, like Neville Medora, is far more valuable than your subject line. So if you send out banger email after great email after banger email again, people look forward to your emails and open them. And if you just have one great tricky subject line, people may open your emails once. Yeah, you could fool people into it being like re and then nothing. You just like like, trick them as if like you responded to them before. That only works a few times and then it doesn't work anymore. And oftentimes people unsubscribe or spam you. So imagine your mom sends you an email, but it has a really crappy subject line. Would you still open it? Of course you would, because it's your mom. She has a very high sender reputation. So you'd probably still read it. It has nothing to do with the subject line. It has all to do with sender reputation. So if your emails are so good, readers forward them. It's so good that readers learn from them. So good that readers respond to them. So good readers screenshot them. So good readers look forward to your emails. They will likely consistently get high open rates. And so remember, Your sender reputation is the thing to focus on, long-term thinking. Short-term thinking, what's the tricky subject line I could make to make people click on this? Sure, fine, spend some time on it, but spend more time making sure that people learn from your emails and get a lot out of them. Anyways, my name is Nell Mandora. I hope you enjoy these. Uh, We're about to do a little sale on copywriting course, but 25% off uh, for the end of the quarter to get more people in for Q2, three, and four. And if you want to get in on that, we'll announce it next week. Anyways, I hope you join Copywriting Course. I'll talk to you later.